How can I make home a place of peace for my husband when he comes home? And how can I help him be the best dad and husband that he can be? This is a question that came in from a listener, and today we're going to talk about it. I'm so glad you're here. Welcome to Walking on Water, where our focus is to learn to walk by faith and not by sight. What's the storm in your life? I'll never say that it's easy, but Jesus changes our perspective. He gives us courage to do life differently, to throw off the victim mentality that threatens to drown us in our pain, and he gives us the tools we need to live a victorious life. I'm your host, Lynette Carpenter. Let's discover more about the power-filled, faith-filled life Jesus invites us to live. Welcome back to part two of our coffee talk. Last week, we got together to be able to just chat a little bit about some questions that came in from the listeners, and I'm excited to dig into this next section of our little coffee date here. Um, A question that had come in from one of the listeners was, how can I make home a place of peace for my husband when he comes home? I love that question. I love talking about marriage because it is one of the greatest gifts that we can get from God. And um, so many times it's easy to let the hard things in life attack our marriages first. And so I was so excited when this question came in because I am super passionate about marriage. We as women can choose to be a thermometer or a thermostat. Think about that. You get to choose. Do you want to be affected by your surroundings or do you want to be the one who sets the tone in your home? And many times we hear about how men don't want to go home. And if that's your husband, if he doesn't want to come home at the end of the day, ask yourself why that would be and then see what you can do to change it without even maybe having to say a word. Too often we go into marriage excited about what we're going to get out of it. But what if both parties entered a relationship excited about what they can give to it? To focus instead on how to love the other one the best that they are able. So when we do something sweet or special for our spouse and then sit back and wait for a benefit, we have actually entered into a transaction. And transactional love is... It's not real love. It's cheap and it's easily replaced. Relational love is different. It's what we want. It recognizes that we are one with our spouse and we are pursuing oneness in all areas. We we do that by showing love, respect, and pursuing friendship. So for example, Tim and I have committed to never speaking negatively about the other to anyone. sound easy? I mean, do we have frustrations with each other? Absolutely. We just had a doozy of one a few days ago. But guess what? Neither of us called a single person to throw the other one under the bus. We have we might have mentioned that we were at odds with each other, but when we disagree, we disagree respectfully. We don't even like to say fight because that just sounds worse, but we, we do disagree and we do it with respect because we are one. And if we're one, that means that his happiness is my happiness and mine is his. 
in that when he's not happy, it affects me and vice versa. So while society might scoff at the idea of how I choose to love my husband well, I'm going to tell you that there are no other marriages out there that I want more than mine. What Tim and I have is beautiful and unique, but we have had to work for it. Tim knows my preferences and I know his. So getting back to that question of how to make our home a place of peace, here's what we do. Um, Tim, we farm. So Tim is in and out of the house um, because we live right here at our farm. So he's coming and going quite often throughout the day. And during the busy seasons, which is (laughs) not winter, that's the only one that's not busy. Um, busy seasons start in the spring and it just carries right straight through until harvest is done. So during that time, I am the one who takes care of a majority of the stuff around our house. Tim takes care of anything having to do with vehicles. Um, but I take care of the landscaping and the things inside the house. And of course I would get my kids to help with all of those things, but here's how it works for us. I I take care of, like I said, I take care of all things home related. I do the cooking, although he does make his own breakfast. Um, I used to make his breakfast, but he's been doing that now. I do, I take care of the grocery shopping as a rule and I do the laundry and I take care of the cleaning. Although I do have, um, I do have a fantastic crew that comes in and cleans the house for us really well once a month. So can Tim do all of those things? Yes. But when I consider the weight that he carries with his daily responsibilities on the farm, I feel like the least that I can do is to take care of those chores. Um, I set the timer for about 15 minutes each morning and I use that time to just have focused attention on straightening up the house. And it doesn't take long to get things whipped into shape. So for us, that's something that we appreciate is a clean, clutter-free house. If you have an issue with clutter, take time to find a home for each item. You could do a basket for your incoming mail or and have another one where you would put um, maybe the kids' papers from school or Sunday school, magazines, any paper that you want to deal with that you want to read at some point but you don't want to take care of it right now. Put it in that basket. That way everything's in one spot, all contained, and it looks prettier, right? And then make it a goal to sit down and go through that basket one time every week. So just pick a day. When I used to do this when my kids were little, I, I remember it was one of my tasks that I would do on Thursdays where I just took some time to sit down and go through this basket of papers. So I also kept a file. I kept a file a large Rubbermaid tub and a three ring binder with the plastic sleeves for each child. So when I'd go through this basket, if it was, um, let's say a report card had come home for one of the kids that would go into one of the plastic sleeves of the binder. But if it was their, um, driver's training paperwork or something like that, that all went into the file on my desk so that I had it close at hand. And then for the Rubbermaid container, that's where the special papers from school, you know, the funny things they'd write in class, or maybe they, you know, made a paper mache pig or um, their 
t-shirt from Little League that I wanted to keep. Those things all went into that child's Rubbermaid. And everything else, it went in the trash. So I just don't get paralyzed by hanging on to every single scrap of paper that little Bobby brings home, okay? Keep some of it, yes, but release the rest. And if you know where they're going to go from the very beginning, then it doesn't clutter up the house or fill the corners of your home. So if you have a spot, if you don't have a spot for something and you don't know what to do with it, get rid of it. Free yourself and your home to be able to be a place that your family enjoys and don't get stuck in hanging on to yesterday. Live in today. Each item should have a spot where it belongs and then don't put it down, put it away. Just that alone will bring a measure of peace. I feel that this is my personal Um, opinion that I have discovered as I have gotten older, that the more our eyes have to absorb in our home, the more our brain has to work. And then that makes us mentally and physically tired. Maybe you're different and clutter doesn't bother you, or maybe you actually enjoy it. To each his own. This is what works for us. Um, So my thing is clear the counters, clear the tables, clear the floor, light a candle, and turn on some calm music. That, for me, is what just feels peaceful and welcoming, and that's what I want for Tim when he comes home. I want home to be a place that he likes to be, and sometimes that means adjusting my own likes for his comfort. Okay, so if you follow me on Instagram, you'll probably notice that I like pretty spaces. I enjoy design. I love refreshing different areas of our home and trying to make it look better. So recently we bought a new couch. This was something that I wanted and I could tell through the whole process that Tim wasn't like, yes, we need a new couch, but he loves me. So we got a couch (laughs) and it's a sectional and it's beautiful. It's gray and it has really nice clean lines and it looks so pretty. And I thought it looked so much better than this puffy brown couch that we have had for years. However, I could tell from day one that Tim was not a fan. <laughs> he had lost his end table because, you know, like with a, with a sectional, like there's a corner and that's where he sits is in that spot. Um, and so he likes his spot in the living room, but he no longer had an end table and he'd also lost the ability to recline. And he never said a word, but I know that man. So on Mother's Day, I decided to give him a gift. (laughs) And I asked, he was laying on on the sectional and he was actually talking on the phone and I started taking all the pillows off from all the spaces where he was not at, okay? So I'm taking the pillows and throwing them down the stairs to the basement And he's pretty soon left. In fact, I even took the sections apart and started pushing it over to the basement door until he's just left with the only, the only thing left there was what he was laying on. And he's still on the phone and he's looking at me like, you are crazy. (laughs) But he gets off the phone and I said, could you and Corey please switch out this sectional with the brown couch? And he just laughed at me and they took the sectional down to the basement and they, which fits, it fits really well down there, I have to say. And they brought that, um, lovely (laughs) puffy brown reclining couch back upstairs and put it where it used to be. 
And he never said a word about it. But as soon as he sat down, he couldn't help himself. And he said, ah, this is how it was meant to be. And I just laughed at him. And though it's not the picture perfect look that I prefer, I love my husband more than I love a couch. So it's a no-brainer, right? It's people over things. So it's your husband's home too, not just yours. So try to make it be a place where you both enjoy and appreciate it. I am quite comfortable in that couch. In fact, I will admit it, that couch is more comfortable than the gray one. (laughs) Okay, as a rule, another thing is that we, when our kids were little, we did not allow screen time all day until in the evening we did allow a little bit. So if you are using screens to entertain your kids all day, they're probably going to be pretty cranky by the time dad arrives home. We are the first generation with screens and people have lived for thousands of years without them. And it is possible to raise your children without having them sitting, staring at a screen all day long. You will have smarter, more creative, happier kids for it. So give your kids a heads up. Hey, daddy's going to be home soon so that they can be excited and ready to welcome him home. Because walking into a house where everyone is lost in their own world through TV, video games, and phones, it tears down the family connection. And as a society, we have become so addicted to screens, and I wonder what price we're going to pay for it. I'm actually reading a book right now called The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry, and the stats on how much time we spend on our phones is sickening. He says, the author of this book says that we touch our phones over 2,000 times a day. And the average male spends 10,000 hours playing video games by the time he's 21. 10,000 hours. That is insane. Think of all that we could accomplish with those lost hours that we give to entertaining our brains. So all that to say, get off your phone, shut off the screens, especially when your husband gets home. We need to retrain our brains to focus on the moment that we are in. Our marriages are affected by distracted attempts at connection. Did you catch that? Our marriages are affected by our distracted attempts at connection. It's a battle that Tim and I struggle with too. We both have our responsibilities that demand our attention and phones are a tool that we use to accomplish those tasks. But the world doesn't stop because we go on do not disturb for a portion of our day. And it's important that we do that in order to have time to reconnect without interruption. Years ago, when our kids were smaller, after dinner was cleared up, we would let our kids have a little screen time, which also allowed time for Tim and I to have some downtime as well. One thing that we have done for years is we like to sit down at the end of each day and give each other a foot rub. Yep, almost every single night, like 95% of the time. (laughs) So maybe that's not something you guys would enjoy, but find something that your husband would enjoy, whether it's a shoulder rub or a foot rub or maybe just sharing a bowl of popcorn. It can be simple, but we have found that making the end of the day a time for us keeps us feeling loved and connected. Start working towards calming things down as soon as dinner's over. You can do this by lighting a candle, switching your playlist to um, piano or harp music, something calmer, and turn out the lights and get the kids their baths. For us, Tim would take over on bedtime. It worked better that way. The 
kids got to have some one-on-one time with their dad. And if you, if you choose to have your husband do the bedtime, then that's his area. Don't hover over him and correct him. It just brings turmoil to the situation. Let him be their dad. He's a big boy. He's a man. He can handle it. And us hovering over him, telling him how to do bedtime is only going to raise the anxiety levels in your children um, because they see that, that discord between you and it, it's unsettling for our kids. So it's, that's the time for us to back away and let them have that time alone with the kids. If that's something that you want, talk about it. You guys can work it out, but this is what worked for us. I was with the kids all day, so he got to do bedtime. And for us, it was beautiful. The kids got to get tucked in by their dad and he prayed with them and he gave them a kiss on the nose and talked about their day. All of those are things that are going to build up the security inside of your kids rather than just, you know, arguing and um, yelling and all of the things that take away the peace in your home. So for us, it worked well to have Tim do bedtime um, and I had plenty of time with them throughout the day. So even though I'm here at this side of mothering where my youngest is 16, I don't regret that we did it that way. I think it was beautiful and I love that we had bedtimes go in that order. I could have so easily ruined that time by trying to step in and boss Tim around and telling him what to do. I think it's something that we as women can do so easily. We correct our husbands until they stop even wanting to try to help. Don't do that. Don't mother him. He has a mom, right? You are his wife, his lover, his friend, his partner, and that's a different role. It's not our job to boss them around and tell them how to parent. Okay? So if if they put a pamper on upside down, you know, you might want to say something. But you can say, you can speak correction with kindness and with respect. Speak to him as his wife, as his partner, as his friend. Speak life into your husband. Encourage him. Have sex with him. That's right. I said it. Intimacy is a gift from God that is attacked heavily by the enemy, but it is the greatest way to reconnect with your spouse. And when that is missing, marriages struggle. This is part of my advice to women. Ask any woman who's come to me for marriage advice. It's part of the advice that I give when you have marriage issues. And I know it's super common for women to have a low libido. And if that's you, especially once the kids come, if that's you, what are you going to do about it? There is a lot of information available to us, so research it. Go to the doctor, test your hormones, take care of yourself. I promise it can get better. If you want more on that, feel free to reach out to me because I'm not going to go into all of that here. But be humble, be respectful, cut out the eye rolling, the negative body language, and condescending words. We devalue our spouses when we act that way. And why would we want to reduce the worth we see in our husband to our children, our friends, and the world around us? Do they make mistakes? Absolutely. But it is unlikely that you will get the husband of your dreams by tearing him down with your words and actions. Even the Bible speaks to this when it says in Proverbs 14:1, a wise woman builds her home but a foolish woman tears it down with her own hands. How do we tear down our homes? It's piece by piece. It's layer by layer. It's word by word. And it all begins deep inside our hearts. A negative thought about our husband 
or a comparison. We compare him to someone else's husband and ours comes up short. You name it. But you can stop those thoughts from taking root. Because sister, if you let them stay, you are undermining the foundation of your home, just like we talked about back in episode eight, where we talked about our mindset. Build him up. Don't tear him down. Speak highly of him to those around you. Don't correct him in front of your children. He shouldn't, see, he shouldn't do that to you either, by the way. You work those things out behind the scenes and all the kids will get to see and hear and know is that mom and dad are a united front. Consider this. If you have an anxious child, this could be a source of anxiety for them. It's just something to take into consideration and think about. What are your kids seeing and hearing from you and is that feeding into their anxiety? Because the best gift that you can give your children is to love their father. Stay current with them. Don't let hurt and anger take root. Do preventative maintenance along the way. Go to marriage conferences or listen to podcasts or plan a date night or watch some TV together. Too many people take off in the evening and sit in separate rooms watching different things, whether it's on a phone, an iPad, or a TV. So watch something together. Even if you're like, I'm not really into golf. Well, you know what? I'm not really into golf, but I'm into my husband. So that's why we sit down and we spend that time together um, rather than going our separate ways. So if you're making excuses about anything I just said in those last sentences, I dare you, I double dare you to find a way to spend time together. Here's the thing. I am a youth leader and I see people fall in love every day. (laughs) And when they fall in love, they find a way to get together, to spend time together, even when they're dirt poor and can't drive a car. So I'm not buying your excuses. When there's a will, there's a way. Marriage is not always easy. I know that. And society doesn't help. And it's easier to speak death over things than life most times. But our spouses are a gift from God, which means we're a gift to them. Are you being the kind of gift that someone would want? And are you caring for the gift that you've been given? When we stand at the altar on our wedding day, we promise to love, honor, and cherish. And those are all action verbs. We promise to love, to honor, and to cherish. And it's easy to want to be loved, honored, and cherished more than being the one who's doing it. And I, you can't change how your spouse acts, but you can change you. And oftentimes what we do affects others. So be intentionally kind to your husband and see how he will respond to you. Do you remember how we talked in episode two about how God came near when he was creating Adam and Eve? It's true. He got right in and he used his hands to form man and woman. But there's even more significance in the fact that we women were formed from a rib. The ribs are significant to our bodies in that they fulfill an important role. Ribs support life in that they aid in the breathing process. They're a shield protecting all the vital organs except the brain. And though they're delicate and fragile, ribs are strong and flexible. They provide our body's structure and framework and keep it upright. And in my research, it it brought tears to my eyes when I read that rib bones show an unusual capacity to regrow and repair themselves even when a large portion is damaged. 
Don't think that God didn't know what he was doing when he formed women out of the rib. We are flexible, strong, and we bring framework to our family unit. We are a shield to the body while supporting him, our husband, as the head. And we carry the capacity to regrow and repair even when a large portion of our heart is damaged. I believe in headship. I believe it's God-ordained, and I've lived it long enough to tell you that it works. I'm not Tim's subordinate, and he's not my dictator. We work together to care for our family, but he carries the weight. He assumes the mantle of responsibility before God as the leader of our home. And when you have two people who walk in their role properly, it is a beautiful thing. Abuse and misuse will cause many to disagree with what I'm saying, and I get that. But I challenge you to not throw out how God intended the family structure because of someone not being a proper steward of their role. I find security in knowing that my husband is the leader of our home. I do. He leads us kindly, with love, with intention. He's a servant leader. So when a child came to me recently and was frustrated because we are the strictest parents in the world, (laughs) one of our kids was frustrated because dad was being strict about something. And I was able to remind my child, your father will one day stand before God and give an account to how he led us as a family. It is a heavy calling. So while you might not agree with your father, I want you to respect him for what he's asking of you. And then later, separately from our children, I went to Tim to show support for our child. And I said, you know, do you think that maybe in this situation, you might've been a little bit harder on him than you needed to be? I was a shield, a support. I brought framework. And I wish that I could say that I get it right all the time, but I don't. But it's a goal. And I love the analogy we are given through the unique, the unique way God designed us as women. Don't view your calling as a wife and mother as something of little worth. We cannot fully appreciate the weight of where we stand today in our family lineage. What will the future generations look like based on how we act as women, as wives, and as mothers today? Eternity lies ahead and what we teach our children matters. How we treat them, teach them, raise them, it all matters. So my encouragement to you today is to take your role seriously. Learn how to do it well. Block out the noise of the world and become a Holy Spirit-led woman of God. Jesus said that the Holy Spirit would come and lead us into all truth. So if you're not sure what the answer is in a certain area of your life, ask him. His word will always line up what he tells you. And this is one thing I know. He can be trusted. Father God, for every wife, woman, and mother listening today, I pray that you would help her to find joy in the role that you have called her to, to recognize the importance of what her role contains, and that she would be intentional, that she would be filled with wisdom and ideas of how to help lead her family well. I pray for each marriage, God, that each couple could know, God, 
the gift that they give their children when they choose to simply love one another, help them to become the people they need to be in order to raise their children up for the next generation, to know you, to love you, and to serve you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for listening. Please take a moment to share this with a friend or on your social media accounts. In fact, tag me on Instagram and I'll be sure to reshare it on my stories. Also, don't forget to hit that follow button so you don't miss an episode. I hope that you were encouraged and inspired today. Always remember, your life has purpose, you have value, you are loved, and with Jesus, you can rise above your storm. Get out of the boat, friend. Let's walk on water.